1: How to win $500,000. That's what we're talking about this week on Stealing Bananas. I'm Ben Gretsch, joined as always by Sean Siegel. And our guest this week is Davis Matic. You can find him on Twitter, at Davis Matic. You can find his great podcast, The Take Cast. uh, All of his work over at Sports Grid. And we're going to join our draft in progress now.
2: Gretch, I want to hear your Hawkinson case. Oh, I mean, it's it's pretty much pure volume. Um...
1: And, and Sean it out actually in a recent article really well too, but uh, I just did my, my lines projection. I, I projected them to essentially a, a lot more extreme in their rates than um, I normally do in a projection in the sense that my, my overall wide receiver target share for them was under 50%. I think they could be a team that throws a lot to Hawkinson and Swift. Cause basically they just sort of realize that those are their two best players. Uh, we see that with some teams every now and then I usually don't project it, but they just really don't have anything at receiver. And then all the receivers they do have they're these vertical threats doesn't really necessarily match with Jared Goff like Perriman, Tyrell Williams uh, even Cephas last year had a high A dot they brought in like Khalif Raymond who might play rotationally all these guys are like vertical threats I don't know what their passing game is going to look like because Goff has not been very good vertically late in the last several years and and McVay was sort of you know neutering his offense to to throw underneath for Goff right um, but what that will do probably is, you know, if they design their offense a certain way is, you know, clear out some of the safety stuff and, and, and potentially just open up gobs and gobs and gobs of targets for Hawkinson.
2: I see lots of four for 45 games for TJ Hawkinson, which which is the concern four for 45 on eight on like eight or nine targets. I don't know. Like, and I even think he's really good. Like I, I'm not, my criticisms are not even leveled to him as a player but it's just like i i I, re- I expect that passing offense to be the second worst passing offense in football
1: it's probably going to be bad the the flip side with andrews is we are in tight end premium was sort of my thought it was like it would it would be hard for me to get on andrews over hawkins i i think andrews the bull case is is there but it's it's more touchdown it's
2: more right. touchdown related yeah right
1: and so the the hawkinson bull is he could he has, in his range, the potential to have, like you said, okay. 140 targets, 150 100, 100
2: targets. 100 catches. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that would be massive in tight end premium. He could get up with those top guys. I don't really want to use a top 40 pick on a tight end that I don't necessarily think in tight end premium has the ceiling to really get up near those top three tight ends. Uh, I, I love Andrews, but I it, like my concern is you're paying a premium for a guy that doesn't actually bridge that huge gap that's there. Maybe.
3: Maybe. but Maybe he can. I don't know. Maybe. Now, one of the tricky elements – again unfortunately when you have the 12 slot is that out of this next best group of wide receivers it again hits a little bit of a lull right at the five six turn so we're likely looking at reaching at receiver again the other option that we have the quarterbacks are going a little bit later as makes sense in this format than they are in the best ball version the guys who actually have adps right now in the last week at the the five six turn are kyler murray and lamar jackson we will probably get a shot at guys like Brady, Rogers, Burrow at the nine ten turn. So it's not like we're not going to have any upside if we pass here, but again, kind of this idea of winning the 500k. Davis, where are you on the dual threat QBs and, and how much are you willing to pay for them? I'm I'm totally willing to
2: pay this price for them. I prefer to do it when I have uh, already invested in one of their expensive pass catchers, right? So DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, Diggs, Josh Allen. And I know stacking it matters less in these leagues, uh, I, though you still do really like to have it for, for the playoffs. And then, you know, there is always, like, the hidden upside of, like, you know, if the third-round ADP for Lamb was too low, that means the sixth-round ADP on on Dak was too low. Um, so, so I, but I of course love to take Lamar, but Lamar, Josh Allen, Kyler, Dak, these guys are huge chess pieces overall. So Lamar's your, your favorite from that group? It, yeah, he is. I mean, Dak, Dak, when I have one of the wide receivers, but then Lamar when I don't, Is kind of how I feel about that though. At this FFPC ADP, Jalen Hurts looks like an insane steal. Uh, look, looks like.
3: I don't know what drafters here are doing. Go ahead with him outside of the top 100 picks. So I wanted wanted to ask a quick question here too. Uh, Sorry to interrupt, but because we have two games between the Eagles and the Washington football team during this 15 to 17 range. And we have Fitzpatrick Logan Thomas as this potential matchup. We know the Eagles defense hasn't necessarily been very good, We have Jalen Hurts who could perhaps do something in a shootout if Washington scores more points this year. Is there anything where we want to have some like Washington-Philadelphia? I mean, those are not the teams that you think about targeting, especially Philadelphia does have a buy issue with the regular season playoffs. Anything of that come into play? And or Ben, I think that Lamar Jackson is undervalued. Who do you like the best of these dual threat QBs? I think Lamar is
1: undervalued. Um, Lamar and Kyler for sure uh just because of the, the potential massive rushing ceilings uh i am i'm obviously on deck as well i mean i think all all of them are are very interesting uh i guess a little bit not not extremely concerned the reports have been good on deck but a little bit concerned about the health right but murray and, and jackson i think can just do so much with their legs I, i'm really interested right now in mark andrews falling more than 10 picks past ADP. If and Andrew start,
2: somehow gets there, he is an instant
1: click, right? We're, we're taking him, yeah, if he gets there. I want him to get there at this point.
2: He, he oh, does. he just went. I think he went auto-picked. Oh, that's even worse. That's so annoying. The clock was running way down, and, and he went off. So of this upcoming pick of the wide receivers here in our queue, I, I of course, really like to take Ayuk because our build has freed us up to we can take two quarterbacks so we can take Trey Lance because we really are not having to pound running back at all. So I really liked, um, I really like the IU glance grouping. Uh, but I, of course, Claypool, who you have in our queue as well. Uh, I, I love.
1: And Lamar and Kyler both just went right behind Andrews. So we're, unless we're taking Dak, we're starting to move away from that quarterback thought. Um, I, I, I like IU and Claypool a ton as well. Yeah. Those those feel like easy picks here for us. I think. And there goes Ayuk. So we are getting we're getting roasted. A little, a little unlucky on some of our targets here. So is there is
2: there a is there a, t- is there a tight end here that goes or or is this very far off of ADP? Yeah.
3: Uh, no, nah, I can't pay that for Dallas Goddard. What are you thinking about, Sean? Yeah. It it, it gets very tricky right in here when those guys come off. When Ayuk comes off, then I mean the next group is galladay beckham Cortland sutton jerry judy and again that's the real disaster sort of, of of picking out of 12 but we've had a lot of things go in our favor one of the questions i would have davis some of the peripherals on daniel jones suggest that he actually played pretty well at quarterback last year and that his receiving core was just an absolute disaster and some other things are you on galladay at all as a value pick with him so I'm not really on on the Giants
2: in managed leagues, but I take the Giants a ton in best ball leagues. So I guess just because Daniel, I mean Daniel Jones is the cheapest quarterback who runs, and they did add Galladay, Kadarius Tony, guys are healthy. Maybe Evan Ingram won't be running, you know, three A dot routes or whatever. I I I do not really like Galladay though. I think I would even rather reach on. Um, well, I think I'd maybe even rather take Dak to be honest. Uh Take Claypool and then Dak because I I feel like this is just a bad price to pay for for Kenny Galladay. Like Claypool, I think is is one of our obvious picks here.
1: I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm pretty in lockstep with Davis on that. So Claypool's still there. Are you cool
3: with him, Sean? Yeah, I I mean I think he could pretty easily finish third out of, out of the Steelers receivers, but he does have that secondary breakout upside to be an absolute superstar. He probably has a decent floor, even if he is the third of those receivers. I was wondering if there's any interest. And one of the things that always happens when you draft a running back early, and it definitely happens if you draft two, is that you then get all kinds of great running back values later. Is yep. there any interest in Javante Williams here?
2: I I do like, like Javante. I was actually going to bring up Daryl Henderson as a pick here, but he went two picks before.
1: I think, I think I like Williams here in a vacuum. I think it's a mistake at this point personally. Agreed. After having Barkley and Taylor and more Godwin's good, but we like, we don't like any receiver we could take here. We could go further down the list. I think is going to, is going to outscore him. Basically is what it comes down to, you know, even if he absolutely smashes, we don't want to be flexing him. What about Odell Beckham? are, Are you guys interested in him at all? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: someone else we've talked a little bit uh, I think Ben you and I talked actually after the show about Jerry Judy and his potential to actually be the guy there in Denver he probably he's not going to come back around to us Davis do you have an interest in him I I really I like
2: Judy and Sutton I wouldn't argue against I, I would not argue against Sutton Judy or Dak here I think all are are equally good for this build and for this team i'm comfortable with judy
1: uh he's not my favorite but i'm comfortable making that pick for sure i think it's a better pick than williams
3: ben i made the last one prescott or judy right here i think judy i want to go
1: receiver again i'm going to trust you it's it's very rarely led me astray i don't i don't feel great about judy personally um and and we talked you know we talked through this i guess after the show last week but um, I, I'm pretty confident Cortland Sutton's a very good receiver. I'm not sure that that Judy is, but he did earn targets at a really high uh, at a really high rate last year. That's important. That's a skill. Um, scored a Dude, strong and he, number. Dude, he points. earned
2: them. He earned them in college playing with a bunch of first round picks, and and all the watch the tape guys say he's the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, his production wasn't that great in college, right? That's pretty good, man.
3: It wasn't it, – yeah, it wasn't horrible, I guess. Um, so I, it's it's very easy to take some of these stats that really only help you in the context of other stats and blow them out of proportion. But Jerry Judy was sixth overall in air yards last season.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's important.
3: That's like – that's crazy. I wouldn't even believe that to be
2: true.
1: But that's exactly what Sutton does. Like I, I just – I don't think that's going to –
2: I, I mean, I, I think I agree with Gretsch that Sutton is the better player. Like I, like when I watch them play, I'm like, yeah, Sutton looks like the dude. Like Sutton looks way better to me. But I mean, just to just to play a little devil's advocate here, Jerry Judy outproduced everyone on this offense I'm about to read. By by the, the 2018 Alabama Crimson Tide, Jerry Judy was the best player as a 19-year-old on this team by a mile. He played with Henry Ruggs, first round pick, Jalen Waddell, first round pick, Irv Smith Jr., third round pick, Devonta Smith, first round pick, Damian Harris, third round pick, Najee Harris, first round pick. He was the best player on that team by like. In a 2018? Lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I was thinking 2019 because Devonta Smith was better in 2019, right?
2: Oh, and Josh Jacobs, another first-round pick, was on that team, too.
1: <laughs> so I, I wanted to recalibrate at some point, and while we're here kind of heading back the other way in in round six, I just want to talk a little bit about our running back, running back start because we were talking about zero uh, running back. We, we did a whole show on it last week. Um, I, I think it's a good indication of sort of being willing to be flexible. At the same time um, – it's important to recognize like why we did it. It wasn't just because of Barkley and Taylor, like Kelsey Waller and Kittle all went off the board. We were very interested in Kittle and the Tyreke, two wide receivers we wanted. Tyreek and Diggs both went off the board. Exactly. And then the running backs were targets that we wanted to get exposure to, to Sean's point. They could, you know, arguably be top five picks. Um, and you know, we were, you know, probably also considering Adams there, but a lot of factors sort of played together there to, to lead to running back, running back. Um, and it has been a little bit tough sliding since because our targets haven't necessarily landed the way that we wanted them to. Right. I think in like, in hindsight, it would have been nice, uh, you know, not, not to say that either the Barkley or Taylor pick was wrong. It would have been nice to have Adams and Javante potentially over, you know, one of those running backs in Judy.
2: I don't know. Are you not sure that? Yeah. I, I, so if the, if you make the two V V2... two, Devonte adams and javante williams versus jonathan taylor and jerry judy i i feel like the jonathan taylor jerry judy one probably scores more points because i think judy scores more points than javante at, at, at a median level hey everybody this is dave Cabin from the rotoviz flagship podcast just stopping by to say thank you for listening to rotoviz radio We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match.
1: It's funny, this drafter in the 10 spot started Diggs in the first round and then got Adams on the way back. So they got the start we wanted, and they just took Javante in the sixth round as their first running back. They've also taken Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, and Adam Thielen, started with five wide receivers.
3: Looks a lot more like probably what we we would have wanted to do to start this draft. Well, if there's any consolation for us, the veteran wide receivers, I think, are a little bit less exciting. That's not to say that they're not good players, they're not good values, that they won't win for him because – I mean, they very easily could. But if he had taken the upside wide receivers, it would have been you know even more demoralizing. Now that we're at this point, I, I know for me and Ben that the home run pick, and a pick I almost even suggested last round, but it was like I didn't home the head of ADP. But we're desperately hoping that LaVisca Chenault makes LaVisca.
2: it. LaVisca. I was gonna mention LaVisca, but I thought you guys would laugh at me at the 601.
3: We I mean, we could have taken him there, but I, I saw
1: his ADP and I thought, uh, we, we can hope, right? We can hope.
3: Well, and you know, these are these are real drafts that we're citing, where in the last seven days he's gone at the eight oh three. Now, if there's a concern. You know, Tyler Boyd, someone else we would have been very interested in that spot, at, has been at the 801. He is already gone. So Yeah, in the late six. So we have another team that's full zero RB to this point. They started Tyreek
1: in the first, Ridley, McLaurin, Lockett, Lamar, Robbie Anderson. So five receivers and Lamar Jackson through six rounds. There's another team that has only one running back. Typically we see – and there goes Chenault in, to the team with only one running back. So we have three teams now that are building very similarly to us and, and scooping up what a lot is, of our what targets. What
2: is the – what does the tight end room look like right
3: now? This is frustrating. <laughs> well, the Christian McCaffrey team has A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins. So, yeah, again, I a good that team. That's a very good start. I want that
1: team. <laughs> and then, yeah, the one that took one running back, they took Najee Harris in the second round. I don't love that pick, but started with Kelsey and then went with Lamb, Chase, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Boyd, LaVisca, Chenault, Certainly receivers that we like. So, um, some, some teams building some really strong receiver groups that we haven't necessarily had the draft position to, to make
3: those decisions. So the flip side of that, Davis, as you were asking, the tight ends are falling. Goddard's still available. Michael Thomas is still, I'm sorry, Logan Thomas is still available. Uh, Goddard just does go right there. Well, the reason I was asking is where does Higby
2: go? Because Higby, I really like, and I think Higby is a very sneaky fringe beneficiary of the Cam Akers injury.
3: He's at the seven ten. I the question I have about him is he kind of falls into that category that you know Ben and I have talked about. You just mentioned of drafting good football players. He's yeah, not like a, sure he's good. Yeah, he's had like a three week stretch where he was very dominant. Uh, that makes me a little uncomfortable in the seventh round.
2: I think he's. I think he's a little bit like. I don't know if they have any chance but to throw them the ball, though. They have no clear answer at third wide receiver and and no second tight end, right? It's like Bryson Hopkins, Jacob Harris, who they're maybe converting to, to, to tight end who played wide receiver in college. But, I mean, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson. Like, I, I, I have him projected for 97 targets, and I feel like that could be low. But we,
1: we, we do know that they have two targets. Target dominant top two receivers. Wide receivers, and yeah. I think if Jackson's healthy, like he's always been a guy that can be interesting as a deep, a he, deep threat. He's thirty five though. Right. I don't. I don't expect he'll be healthy. He's not really a target, but he's the kind of guy that could be. You know, the he fits Stafford more. I. I. I part of me is interested in Higgins. Part of me thinks you know. There's a lot of times that I thought tight ends would be good, and, and has, I don't. Has Herbert s- gone,
2: Sean?
3: No, he is the top yeah. quarterback value. Herbert, Mike Williams. He, yeah, he's the top quarterback value. Antonio Brown and Mike Williams are the top wide receiver values. Well, I'm comfortable with Herbert.
1: Uh, I don't love the top of the wide receivers that are available. And we could, you know, hit some of the rookies here pretty quick. And and Sean, I know you really like Logan Thomas as well. And that's the other guy that I think I would take Thomas over, over Higby personally. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's gonna be a boost to that to that offense. Davis, you're not interested in Logan Thomas. I he's can see from your like
2: face. 32-year-old tight end who runs like he's got concrete. It was so good. He was a gr- he was so good to us last year, but he he I get big Gary Barnage energy from him. But I, I think Herbert is our selection here.
1: Just turned 30 the other day for the record. Well, whatever. This month. <laughs> so we have Herbert. Um yeah, I mean, I think if we're looking at tight end, I, I go Logan, Davis goes Higby. What, do you, what, what would you think, Sean?
3: Well, if you guys aren't on them or, or split on them, then I mean, I, I could see us continuing to go a different spot. So we have this idea that Mike Williams might, now that we have, especially now that we have Herbert, I mean, they talk about Mike Williams in the Michael Thomas role. That obviously is pretty absurd. They're very different receivers. Is this a breakout season, though, for Williams, Davis? I mean, he's kind of already broken out, right? He had an
2: 11-touchdown season, and then he led the NFL in yards per reception. Like, I believe, and I
3: believe he can do it. I just think he's kind of run bad to this point in his career. Yeah, so he's got the big touchdown season. He's got the big yarder season. He puts them together. What are your Let's thoughts, for for Ben? It. We have Williams, Thomas, Will Fuller. We, we can go with Williams. Let's go for it. I like the stack.
1: And I, yeah, I, I'm very much of, of the mind uh, of the type of discussion you guys are having, where we we can kind of piece together that he's done different things. We're looking for upside, and you know, I I, I make that argument that y- you made very eloquently earlier about T.J. Moore with Mike Williams. We have seen the ability to win in the end zone and, and score a lot of points, uh, or score a lot of touchdowns. We we've seen the ability to win down the field and gain a lot of yards. We haven't seen them together, as you guys just said, but that pretty simply puts together uh, a ceiling argument, I think, uh, especially now that, you know, Hunter Henry's gone. When you do their projections, there's a lot of target share available there. I have a little bit of concern because he had his biggest games when Keenan Allen, like he had a really big game in that new Orleans game where Keenan Allen left early, a couple other spots where I think Allen was out. He had um, some strong target numbers. He, he, does not really seem to be a target dominant player yet. And Keenan Allen is very much a massively target dominant player. So I have a little bit of concern about what his true ceiling is, but I'm very comfortable with the, especially with the pairing Herbert's upside is tied to Mike Williams having a breakout year. I think, I mean, he's not going to just get there through Keenan Allen. So uh, I think this is a really fun, fun turn here.
3: And as we kind of look forward Davis on some of the other possible tight ends after the show last week, Ben and I had discussed Robert Tanyan and decided that we couldn't really figure out why his ADP was so low. I'm not necessarily on him at the same time. This will be the kind of team that I'd be more interested for him on where we have a lot of upside in some other spots and we've missed at the other tight ends. I mean, I almost always have a tight end or two by now, but we don't. Is he somebody who could come back and have another big season? Well, isn't the reason why Tunyon is going
2: low is that he is uh, a a twenty seven year old who went to Indiana State and who ran really hot last year.
1: <laughs> I love that we're getting the the ages of like just
2: it, it's well.
1: I, I'm I, an you ageist. Get, you get
2: you get the ages. You, of...
1: you had to be you had to be the running back guy in this room. I I apparently am not the ageist in this room. <laughs>
2: Well the, the thing the thing is age is always relative to when you start producing. And so and 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 tight end is a position we see year after year after year where guys get fed volume because of reason X, Y, or Z, and then they never see that requisite volume again. Um, so like just for example at at tight end ADP, like I think taking a shot on, like, an Irv Smith Jr. breakout, even though um, Mike Zimmer, like, literally goes out of his way to, like, talk about Tyler Conklin to avoid paying Irv Smith Jr. a compliment. So here's the flip side of that argument for for Tony. Like, I'll try
1: to make it quick, but... Yeah, hit me. Tight ends sort of break out late anyway, so we know that. So I, I, I don't want to knock him too bad for breaking out in his third year. Efficiency tends to lead to more volume. Blair's done a great job of showing that at Viz in a lot of different ways. He was incredibly efficient last year. That's a big reason he's getting knocked. People are sort of over-regressing him. His catch rate was 88.1%. He had 11 TDs on him, 59 targets. Those things can't be repeated. At the same time, he's going tight end 14, and he was the tight end 13 in receptions and tight end 13 in yards. Not great numbers, but he's literally going behind where he ranked in, in catches and yards. Which doesn't make any sense when you also, you know, pair in that he had this massive TD rate. And if Rodgers is back, we probably expect him to still be able to maintain some of that touchdown scoring potential. I I'm projecting him to take a step forward in targets this year because he was so good last year. He wasn't even established necessarily early in the year, but they started to really lean on him as a big part of their passing game. Um, so I, I I think you can see what scenarios were like. He's a really good value. He's maybe not you know top five upside type tight end. But a really good value where he's going based on what he already did last year, even with regressed touchdown rates, right? So it, it's it's kind of a, a floor play. Like he, he's pretty easy to return value at, at where he's been going.
2: Yeah, but if you ask me to take Robert Tunyon over McCall Hardman, I just don't like I don't know. I just <laughs> I don't think I can I don't think I can do that.
3: So <laughs> you know David, what I mean? our guy, Hardman, finally the Chiefs have managed to like grit their teeth and say a couple nice things about him is the breakout coming if 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 the
2: breakout is not coming Brett Veach they got to move on from him because they went into the offseason and their their only addition at wide receiver was Cornell Powell and apparently they offered Juju Smith Schuster one year eight million dollars with incentives so they they could they must believe that because if not, they are, I mean, they're literally doing a disservice to, to Patrick Mahomes' prime. Though we are, we are sitting here five picks away and Marquise Brown is still on the board. Um, and he would be the easiest click of the draft, I think, for me so far.
3: I've still been buying some Marquise Brown. I think there's some bounce back potential. I think there's going be more potential that Bateman makes defenses play honest to where Brown can repeatedly get over the top and have a big touchdown season this year than maybe Bateman as a rookie and with the volume manages to do that, even though I love Bateman. Ben, where where are you? I, but I do like Mark. I mean, even though I think the differences between best ball and redraft in terms of vertical receivers are vastly overstated, I do like Brown a little better in best ball. So actually we can't talk about him because he just yeah, – out- he went out- off the board. <laughs> um, we'll save that. Yeah, so we're, we're looking here. Another question I had at tight end – I have a hard time with Irv Smith because that's going to be that two target offense. And we just haven't really seen anything from him. And they don't seem to like him. If we wanted a younger guy who has had some breakout and is, you know, an athlete up there in that range with a fan, with a pits, Mike Gasicki is still available here. Don't have to talk me into Gasicki. I mean, I'm concerned.
1: He, he only played about, I think it's like 20% of his snaps in line last year. He was split out a ton. And now that they've added Waddle, they've added Will Fuller. I'm concerned that, that he's going to be their, their number one tight end in a lot of formations because they don't necessarily like him in line and they won't be able to split him out as much because they're playing the receiver so much. I And also the draft pick of Hunter Long, he's on the last year of his contract. As sick he is, they go and draft Hunter Long in the third round. I feel like they, they're giving the signals that they're kind of moving on. Um, he wasn't bad last year but he hadn't been great efficiency wise up to that point and he was just sort of okay so i'm i'm he's not one that i've been very interested in personally
3: if we go to wide receivers here it would be a little bit of a reach by adp but landry has been the 1002 hardman the middle of the 10th elijah moore at the end of the 10th and then henry ruggs in the middle of the 11th I just I mean there are a ton of red flags for rugs, but I think that he's
0: yeah,
3: a complete home run pick who will not come back. Landry, I think, is a super safe movie pick here. D- don't have to back. don't have to
2: talk me into don't have to talk me into rugs. Also the other name there in the queue. I, I don't know exactly how ADP goes, but but Cole Komet I, I really like, though I don't know if we want to rely on Cole. Maybe maybe we do the Cole Komet, Jared Cook tandem. We take Cook a little bit later. I know that. Rotovis' Dave and really enjoys Jared Cook, and, so, and Fre- Friedman talked me into him.
1: We're at about 30 seconds on our first pick. I, I think Hardman makes a lot of sense here. You're, you're, not, you're, you're not saying both head ends here, right? Yeah, Cook's a later option. So we're going to take at least one receiver here, likely, and, and we all like Hardman.
3: Was anybody anybody in on, on Jarvis Landry
1: or No. I'm, I would be interested in Landry and Moore over Rugs. All three of the Hardman, Landry, and Moore over Ruggs Personally, yeah, I
2: would vote. I would vote Rugs, Elijah, Jarvis.
1: After Hardman, we already took Hardman. Yes, so. we
2: already took Hardman.
1: Hardman I, won. I'm really interested to hear you, Sean, say that Ruggs could be a smash pick here, and I want to talk about that more, but I, I'm personally not comfortable pulling the trigger on a guy who got no fewer than five targets in any game as a rookie and was not a very big producer in college. I don't think that he has the requisite ability
3: to earn targets, frankly. I think that's definitely fair here. So we have, we have the breakout upside of an Elijah Moore. We have Jarvis Landry, who once he got healthy and Baker Mayfield finally got it together and the offense took off, was actually a pretty big weapon down the stretch last year. Which one do we like the upside on better?
2: Uh, Elijah. Elijah, for sure. Always go with the younger guy. When in doubt,
3: younger guy. Okay, so that, that also does click the box of being the more fun pick. So we have Hardman and Elijah Moore at that turn, which works out very nicely for us. Gets us okay, to seven so, receivers. We do
1: have a lot of receivers, I think, that have some pretty solid red flags. I I, I probably would have preferred Landry there, just from if, to, if zero is
2: right. not working for you, you just need to draft more wide receivers. Then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't uh, I don't think they're like massive red flags. I like all these guys, and I think probably in a, from a volume perspective, this this is the type of team that winds up being really good, actually. I've drafted yeah, probably teams
2: three like this. of these guys. Probably three of
1: these guys suck. Yeah, I, I've drafted teams like this with Sean before, and and he always seems to to find the the breakout wide receivers. There's plenty of upside in every one of these cases. I'm just thinking like Hardman, Mike Williams. I was talking about the ability to earn targets. Judy from a skill perspective could be problematic. I think Elijah Moore is a pretty smash pick there, though. Um, but we do have a number of receivers here, with especially considering we started running back, running back. And Claypool, Sean, you made a point that I agree with, that he could be their third their third best receiver this year, frankly. Um, so really, we, need, we definitely need more in Godwin to be very good, but we didn't even get an elite wide receiver. There is, you know, we're seven deep. They're all names in a vacuum that I like, but I, I think there's a little bit of, you know, reason to
3: continue being open to more receivers, frankly. I do as well. And if it had just, if I'd been drafting alone, I would have picked... Landry and rugs there so it's interesting that we go in the other direction but I like all four guys Hardman was probably my fourth choice but I mean I can't do a Kansas City shuffle Davis Matic draft yeah come on dude we we weren't gonna draft Hardman like right so I mean that was that was very clear cut right there and when we're looking at this team these guys do have red flags and it's one of the reasons why if you start running back running back I mean, you cannot draft four wide receivers and think, okay, well, I've got it. You know, it's done. It's taken care of. Yeah, Those guys are hard. not going to work out for you. That will do it for today's special FFPC draft episode of Stealing Bananas, where we're going after the half million dollars with special guest Davis Matic. We think Davis will help take us over the top in this one. I'm Sean Siegel. With me is Ben Gretch, whom you can follow at Yards Per Gretch. To keep up with our draft exploits and to see – the final 14 rounds of our drafts. Subscribe to Stealing Bananas. We've reached the end of our rate and review contest, where you can win a six-month subscription to Rotoviz by reviewing the show and promoting it in some manner on social media. But we are going to keep it open for one more week, since this is the draft special. So be sure to s- subscribe to Stealing Signals Ben's newsletter, which, as a bias source, but someone who has read a bunch of fantasy information, I can say is the best and most innovative newsletter in the industry. If you want to get my newest article on how to dominate out of the 12 slot, how to flip those win rates, which are terrible, out of 12 and actually turn it to your advantage, you get a 10% discount to RotoBiz with the code RBRADIO2021 at checkout, and we will see you soon.